And welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios, Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everyone. Jet fans, what's up? Baby bomb for you. That's all you get this week, man, because we're all depression. We're all depression, this squad. Of course, this week, we're joined by none other then the majestic beast, former division one tight end, the big stinking Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk in the building, everyone. Jets fans, how are you? Welcome back, Wookiee. Now we are fresh off the heels of a 45 to 17 beatdown at the hands of the Buffalo Bills and the Hill people. And uh, Mike, there was like, you know, maybe slight upticks and reasons for optimism heading into this game just because of Mike White playing decent. Obviously, played great in that Bengals game. Played decent for the short amount we saw him in the Colts game. Um, that optimism and that excitement and all of that was put to rest, at least for this week. As long as Zach Wilson's healthy, he's probably going to be back. That could be the last start of Mike White. Four interceptions in the game. The Jets lose 45-17, like we said. We took away the short passing game. Uh, the offense obviously looked abysmal. Everything related to Mike White, we're going to get into the trolls. We're going to get into all that stuff. Mike, obviously, Mike White's the main topic of, of conversation or Zach Wilson if he's coming back this week. But Mike, this defense, I mean, Mike and Wilk, I'll speak to both you guys. I mean, this defense right now, uh, you know, we brought in Salah and we'll talk about Rex Ryan this week, too. We had some comments about our coach, defensive minded coach. Seemed like that was going to be our strength this year. Seemed like our defensive line was going to be a strength. I know our corners are really young at this point. We are hitting historic levels of futility. They have given up 175 points in the last four games, guys, which is the most since 1970. 54 points, 31 points, 45 points, then 45 points. They've given up 1,890 yards in the past four games, which is the most ever over a four-game stretch in the history of the New York Jets. Uh, The 45 points a game average in the last four games is the worst since the 1966 Giants. I mean, we're off the grid here. We're off the rails, this defense, with how how bad it is, Mike. There's no point of – there's no really area of strength right now. Obviously, the offense is going to get a lot of pub. Mike White's going to get a lot of pub. But if you give up 51, 54, 31, 45, 45, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is sometimes. You're not going to take Ws in those games. What do you think about – First, we'll get to the defense, Mike, and then we're going to get into everything related to Mike White. Just the way the defense played. I know the Bills are a much better team than we played throughout the season. But did you expect another putrid performance like that from the squad? And how disappointed are you, Mike? I'm disappointed, but um, I think coming into the season, we all expected the defense was going to be 
a weak area, especially in the secondary when you're looking at the roster. And then when looking at that roster, you were expecting certain pieces to potentially hit like a Jared Davis from free agency, like an Ashton Davis that was our third round pick from previous year. You expected uh, LaMarcus uh, to do well, and then you had Shaq, uh, you had uh, Lawson, excuse me. Sure. Um, that was going to be coming off the edge and everything like that. And the truth of the matter is we've had um, the worst things happen. One, some of the prospects that we were expecting to do really well have not really lived up to what we were thinking. And then we've had massive injuries on the defensive side, along with uh, looking at, if you look at what JD has done, JD has been investing in the offense, primarily in the first two drafts, um, unlike in past years where other GMs went and invested in the defense. And so now, um, given the injuries, given the uh, non-leaps uh, in talent from some of the uh, unit uh, players that we have, you're starting to see um, the cupboard full bear. And um, I don't believe, in my opinion, that what we're seeing from a defensive perspective is a failure of coaching. I believe what we see is a failure of talent across the board. I mean, when we look at the Jets roster right now, um, you have guys like when Bryce Huff went out after that Tennessee game on IR, Blake Cashman on IR, Kyle Phillips is out, um, Jamie, Jer Jamie and Sherwood is on IR, Marcus May is torn his Achilles, a defense that was already small, you know, in stature as far as ta uh, ta roster talent, having all of these major injuries. I mean, it, it doesn't really bode well. Um, and so the one thing that the Jets did very well was that the defensive line was able to stop the run and be able to pressure inside. So now teams see that and they're taking what the Titans kind of laid out with those screen passes and quick dump offs. And now, unfortunately, our secondary, it's made, well, the only way to stop that is by blitzing. And when we blitz, you're keeping those second, those corners on man and what's happening and you saw it with Jer josh allen josh allen and again i didn't see anything from josh allen that was like wow he's such a great quarterback he literally just threw it up to Diggs. i mean he was just playing pitch and catch because we literally do not have the talent to cover these receivers and so sala and albert can bring up whatever they want to do defensively scheme wise if you don't have the players that can execute then it's unfortunate you're not yeah. going to. And, and we knew, Keith, this was going to be a growing year. I did not know it was going to be this bad, but it's just unfortunate with the injuries. And we're just going to have to push push through this. Um, it's, un, it's, just, it's just sad. That's just how I see it from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree. When we came into the year, um, you know, we thought the defensive line would be a strength, obviously. But we looked at some of these other positions, the linebacker position, Mike. The, the secondary and you said to yourself man we either don't have anyone who's really proven in these spots or we don't have a lot of depth cj mosley was a good player 
hasn't played in a few years. He's played good this year, especially at the beginning of the year. He played was playing really well. But at linebacker, we were pretty thin. You know, we had a lot of unproven guys there. Aside from C.J. Mosley, like we said, the secondary was really young. The defensive line was going to be a strength, and they've been kind of teams have just been going away from that. Like you said, it hasn't been that hard for them to do that. So the depth was going to be an issue, and then you throw all the injuries on top of the depth. Now we're in the second and third string guys that are not able to really get the job done. At least, at least this this past month, especially. I mean, the beginning of the year they weren't doing that well either. But I mean, it's really shining a lot on that now. And when it comes to the coaching, now one thing I disagree with is that the personnel obviously is not optimal. What we have in the field right now, Mike. I do think there's some issues with coaching because I, I don't know if it's issues is the right way to say it. But when when Salah comes out in a press conference and they ask the reporters ask him, you know, Diggs was one-on-one -on -one coverage with Didry. They throw a touchdown, he gets called back. They just ran the same play the next play and threw a touchdown to him again. And, you know, they're running, they, the type of coverage they're running, basically what Salah's saying, is that they're not going to have one corner follow a guy around wherever the guy goes. You know, they're going to stay on their different side and stuff, which I get. But if you're going to have that single high safety and guys are going to be on an island all the time, and it just continually is not working. Week after week after week, right? And you're a defensive-minded coach, et cetera. Um, I think that's where some of the, the weaknesses people are saying, or at least some of the deficiencies so far as a coach are being spotlighted with Salah because I don't think they've really adjusted that much on defense. And if he's letting Ulbrich have the reins here, then maybe he needs to step into that room and take over some control. Because if you, I mean, everyone loved Salah when he came in. Mike, a lot of hype, said all the right things. Still seems like he's a good leader of men, all the, you know, but this is the first week I've heard him really questioned. You know, and I know there's been some ups and downs with the quarterback play, but I mean, in so far as his competency, you know, we'll get to the Rex Ryan comments a little bit later on in the show. A lot of people in the different papers, Sports Illustrated in different places, you know, are, are saying, you know, it doesn't make a difference sometimes with the personnel. You do want to see a team, at least as the season goes on. And this is kind of what I want to get to with Salah, Mike, as the year goes on, you look for improvements. The team's getting worse, to my eyes. We're getting worse. We don't look better. I know the Bengal game was great. The Titan game was great. Um, we had lightning in a bottle there with, with Mike White for that week with the Bengals. But, I mean, they look like they're getting worse on defense. So that's something that is concerning to me because you, you hope the team turns it around and goes, at least in some areas, you know, maybe they don't get the wins, but you're fighting. You know, you're in games, you're fighting throughout the games, you're close in games. They've been getting annihilated in games. You know, the points they're giving up is unbelievable. So, I mean, and part of that, obviously, the biggest part of that is the defense. Other part of that here is the offense, which again struggled this week. We had one good game here with Mike White there. Um, throughout the year, though, we have not had many games. They've been able to really shine and really showcase their skills. Uh, Mike White, four interceptions this week. We had a Joe Flacco sighting. I know a lot of people were on the Mike White hype train. I know a lot of people jumped all the way off the Mike White hype train. I know a lot of those people interacted with you on Twitter and with the AEBG Twitter, Mike. Do you want to get into some of that and some of the trolls that uh, are a little angry with some of our takes we had and so far as our boy Mike White goes? So, um, Mike White, the topic Mike White has been a divisive one among Jet uh, groups just because... Um, Mike White really had no expectations as a player. Uh, most of us had him to get annihilated against the Cincinnati Bengals, and he went out and has his jersey in the Hall of Fame and had one of the best uh, starting uh, outputs of any player at a position um, in NFL history, which is why his jersey is in the Hall of Fame. And so um, I think the position that most of us took was, hey, um, this wasn't just a good game. This was a amazing game. He's earned the right to show what he's got. Uh, if you're going to come out and do something like that, then we'll see what's up. And I think that the 
uh, approach that Robert Sala took, that the media at large took, was ride the hot hand, let Mike White, you know, enjoy the the the, the excitement, and um, let's see what happens. And when you take an approach like that, if we were to say, nope, this is Zach Wilson's team. Let's bench him for Zach Wilson. Now, again, Zach wasn't uh, 100% healthy, so that's why uh, Zach didn't start. But people's view, and especially our view, was that the kid had a tremendous start. Let's see what he has. And if that tremendous start continues, then things change. Um, And if things change at the end of the season where we have – a potential franchise quarterback because he's playing out of his mind and playing great football, then how we look at the construct of the offense um, and our strategy around that potentially changes because we didn't know how good Mike White was. Well, Mike White came back to earth. He had four interceptions. Um, and you can see that pushing the ball down the field is something that he has an issue with. Um, you can see that against a great defensive unit within the Bills, um, he was not even close to being what we were all hoping he could be. And obviously that puts back into perspective, Zach Wilson is the drafted franchise quarterback and we're going to pivot back to him and continue with the status quo of him learning. So a lot of the Jet fans that were very um, committed to Zach because we drafted him and emotionally invested were very hurt by some of those takes um, just because they say, how stupid are you? Um, How could you be so stupid to believe in such a, a player like Mike White? Why would anyone even think that this is, you know why people said, let's see what happens because the man's Jersey is in the hall of fame off one game. Um, if someone does that well, I, I really don't care who you are. You're, you deserve to have another shot just to see what you can do. And we can all keep an open mind to whatever those possibilities can be. Um, so if that, if you're losing respect because we're saying that we're keeping an open mind based off of a historical performance, um, then maybe your view is kind of inwards and 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 kind of uh, lost in a way because you're shaping your entire view around a thought of a player that has not done anything yet of note to say he's absolutely the guy. Yes, he was drafted too, and we are invested in him financially, and we are invested in him, you know, uh, um, from a franchise perspective. But if you have another player that comes out and actually does produce and do something that the other, that Zach did never did, how can you just shut that possibility down? That's closed-minded and that's ignorant in my opinion. Yeah, Mike, I certainly agree with that take. I would say that when you have a podcast and you go through all the hypothetical scenarios, which is what most podcasts do, which most news outlets do, what's the hypothetical scenario that could work out if player X plays great? Player X in this case was Mike White, right? Um, You can't really preface these points more than we try to do when we talked about Mike White. 
You know, I talked about his quarterback rating. I said, I don't think Mike White is as good as any of these guys that I'm mentioning him with, just he's played that good so far. We talked about Zach Wilson and Mike White. We said, we don't know if Zach, Mike White's the guy or not, but if he plays good, you let him rock and you see what the story is. If he continues to play lights out, that's the only way he'd be able to keep the job. I mean, you can't preface statements more than we tried to do when speaking about Mike White and Zach Wilson, which was, say, Zach, say Mike White continues to play ridiculous, then you keep going with them. And that's pretty much the only scenario that would work out where he's going to replace Zach Wilson. You couldn't have said that more time than we said that. I mean, you can't make it simpler what the opinion was. Now, obviously, Mike White didn't play great versus the Buffalo Bills. But say a guy went out and he has his first start ever. Hypothetically, would you want it to be the greatest start of all time? Probably, right? You probably say to yourself, of all the things you could choose, how about the greatest start of all time? Let me go with that one. Okay, so we're you're not basing your we're not basing our thought process off us replacing a seven-year veteran. Let's put Mike White in off one start. No, you're replacing a quarterback that was the worst quarterback in the league so far. He might be great. We drafted him too. We're on board. We've done seven months of shows on Zach Wilson. We interviewed reporters on Zach Wilson. We've dedicated months to Zach Wilson. And guess what? When Mike White played great, I was like, okay, let's see what Mike White does. Because I'm 40 years old. I've sat here, Mike. You know what the Jets have done the past 40 years? They've signed veterans, right? Growing up like Boomer and Neil O'Donnell and Brett Favre and Michael Vick, and they brought in Flacco, right? They drafted guys. They drafted Mark Sanchez. They drafted Ken O'Brien when I was little. They drafted Zach Wilson. They drafted Darnold. They drafted Browning Nagel. They drafted Bollinger. They drafted Clemens. They drafted Petty. They drafted Chad Pennington, right? They brought in Journeyman. They brought in Ray Lucas. They brought in McCown. They brought in Fitzpatrick. They brought in Quincy, um, Quincy Carter. Um, Quincy they brought Carter. in Mike White. All those names I just mentioned. Who has worked out long-term for the Jets? Tell me the guy. None of them have worked out. So if you don't understand why people look at Mike White and say, oh my God, maybe he's the guy. After all those names I just listed to you in my life, every single way you can possibly try to get a quarterback, the Jets have tried. The Jets have tried. All of them. Which one of them has worked out for us? None of them. If you can't grasp why we said, hey, if Mike White works out and balls and he's the man, that would be tremendous. And then maybe Zach Wilson becomes a trade option for us. In that hypothetical, which was five seconds of a show that was 45 minutes long, if that's all you take away from that, out of context, knock yourself out. Can I ask that's a question? Can I ask a question? Right. Uh, Nick, who's your backup quarterback? Who's my backup quarterback? The Giants. What's the Giants? I, I, pick a name. Who cares? So if the Giants backup quarterback were to come out and throw for 400 and something yards and three touchdowns and get his uh, jersey in the Hall of Fame, would you start him or say, no, this is Daniel Jones team? If this was the if, if, if I was in the same situation and Daniel Jones is on the bench because he's hurt and, and that happened. Yes, I'm saying ride this ride this man until he falls off a cliff or he's the next greatest. He, he's the next Tom Brady. And we what about, about how about we, I mean, for two weeks, three weeks, every newspaper on the planet, the, the Daily News, the Post, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, Fox News, Barstool Sports, Bleacher Report, NBC, Fox, CBS, you name them. They've all gone through every single story of a quarterback like Mike White, who no one knew about and had a guy in front of him that everyone knew about and he replaced him and became great. So why act like our heads up our ass as if that's never happened? In the history of mankind, it's blasphemous to even imagine that could be a possibility. Right? Even though you have examples of it happening. And the only way to know if the guy is good or not is to what? To play it. You morons. 
Do you understand? Zach Wilson has played like garbage this year so far. It doesn't mean that's his future. It doesn't mean that's who he's going to be his whole career. But so far, he he led the league in interceptions before he sat down. He had the lowest quarterback rating in the league before he sat down. Relax. Relax, okay? Especially when you make it crystal clear, like we said even last week, this is Zach Wilson's team. That's probably going to be Zach Wilson's team. But you have to see what the story is, at least. If Mike White went out this weekend, Mike, if Mike, this didn't happen, but this, let's, let's throw hypotheticals out so people love to judge us on these. Say Mike White goes out, has 300 yards, four touchdowns this weekend. What's everyone going to be saying then? What's that, what, is, what are the people going to be saying on Twitter then about, about our take? You know what I'm saying? These morons that live in this world that their thought process is predicated off one week to the next. You don't understand football then. I just went through the history of our quarterbacks. We haven't had one in my entire life that has been able to be good sustainably for a long time. Never. I don't care if it's Mike White. I don't care if it's Zach Wilson. I don't care if it's the next guy. I've been looking for it forever. Okay? So don't, don't act like it's ridiculous to even ponder the possibility, especially when people come out and, Mike, everybody's smart as hell in retrospect, right? People are super smart in retrospect. Oh, look, see? See what happened? See what happened? Mike White could ball for five games. He could have one bad game. People go, oh, see? He had one bad game. There you go. Zach Wilson has only had bad games. That's all he's had. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So just come back to reality, people. I mean, I, I respect anybody that's interacting with us, anyone who's a fan of us, I rock out. You're entitled to your opinion. Okay, you're entitled to your opinion. But if you're going to be dramatic, I don't know how old these people are, Mike, but I'm 40. I've been going to do this for a long time. Okay, if you don't understand the history of the Jets, Jets quarterbacks, if you don't grasp that, if you're like, no, it's Zach Wilson's team, he automatically should have been told, even when he was hurt that he's the starter. Mike, what did Joe Douglas say? What did Robert Salah say? Forget about our takes. Forget about the media. Forget about podcasts. What did the coach say? What did Joe Douglas say when asked about the future of the starting position for the Jets when Mike White balled? They wavered. They said, we don't know. Whoever's the best guy is going to play. We have to see what's what. Forget so about it me should and Mike. Be. And that's how it should Forget be. It should be. Forget about in me the, and Mike. In the end, it's who's the best player to play. That's that's who should we should play, right. and that's it. And and I'm not again. The last time I got emotionally invested, and I was like a lot of our fans, uh, a lot of the Jet fans here, was with Mark Sanchez, and I did not want to admit that he was bad. I didn't want to admit it, and it was hard for me to understand that because he had, I saw him quarterback us to two AFC championships, okay? And I didn't want to believe it. And I had a conversation, a hard conversation with you one time on the phone, okay? I was talking about how 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 um, we need this, you know, flower to to grow and I was like we just need to continuously put water on it and you told me that the 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 flower was rotten or something like that. Like you just said, you know, it's withered. And I was like, "No." He he's Mark Sanchez and you're like, bro, you just have to come to grips with it. And it and I and I finally did. And I and I said to myself, I will never, ever link myself to any jet quarterback like this emotionally ever again. For Gino, it was easy. He got punched in the face. I was done immediate. Like I was just <laughs> immediate when he got punched in the face. Nick, Nick, when he got punched in the face, I'm like, OK, we need to find another quarterback. I have never heard anything like that in my life. Okay. No. And so, no, no. And then fits. And then anyway, it's just, it's just terrible. One thing I got to say is that I do have confidence in this head coach 
I know a lot of people are throwing a lot of stones at him right now. Keith had some really good points about not adjusting defensively. And if that's something that Ulbrich is doing, especially with that that uh, Stefan Diggs touchdown, he should have definitely adjusted on that one when one, the one didn't get caught and then they brought it back and did the exact same play. You can't allow that. I mean, come on. You know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely think that he's been taking the flicks. He's about nine games into his first year. And... He's down right now. Like he's a defensive co- coach. Um, he has the worst record right now of defensive play for the New York Jets as a head coach, almost in the history of the franchise in the last four games. And you can really attack him right now because of everything that's happening. And so at moments like this, it's important that, you know, people who are aligned to the team and aligned to the betterment of the future really go in and support leaders like Robert Sala, like Joe Douglas, because they're very, very vulnerable and they're getting attacked by the media and by the fans at large, which is rightfully so, like we just discussed. But then when you got guys who are alumni of the franchise or alumni of a group that have had success and have a voice and a position within that fan base the guys like that are really critical like a joe namath right like a chad pennington because these guys we all listen to and for someone like rex ryan okay someone who tried to get back into coaching two years ago and got laughed off the scene because no one looks at him as uh, someone who's actually have any credentials to be coaching anymore. Um, Someone who um, continuously has an a crazy infatuation infatuation with the New York Jets even though he coached the Buffalo Bills he always always talks about everything Jets you ever notice that I don't I don't know why but he just yeah no and for then for you to come out and attack this man at his lowest you know I see weak people I I I mentally look at people's actions and I see there's like two types of people. There's people who look to help others and be supportive. And then there's people who look just at themselves. And if you've seen Rex, Rex has always been about Rex. He's always been about me and how people look at me. And I want to be in the in the headlines. And you for you to come out like that and be like, I take it personal. Don't compare him to me. <laughs> Yo, you are a weak person. I'm disgusted by that, that comment. I thought Robert Sala handled it really really well he uh responded just kind of like how um i heard this on the can't wait podcast eli manning responded when tiki barber attacked him remember that when uh yeah. when tiki yeah, barber yeah. attacked yep. uh eli and, and eli responded but he responded with grace he responded respectfully robert sala did the same thing and i i just find it it's just really really sad to me that you mr rex ryan will come out now to do something like that and it just shows the type of person you are um you, you don't kick people when they're down man especially someone like you who's been within the franchise i think you're jealous i think you're hungry for headlines and i think that the game has passed you by and you should just honestly um you know just take care of yourself man and stop trying to hurt people when they're down and being a bully that shows weakness to me and that's 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 just how i see it yeah and the take seemed like oddly personal 
to me. It's I mean, obviously he said in his take, I you know, I'm taking this personal, et cetera. But the way he went about talking about Robert Salah, since Rex heard from some people them being compared to one another, I guess Salah's a defensive coach, Rex was a defensive coach. Um, they said Raheem's the Salah without all the bad parts. Rex took Rex took umbrage with that, didn't like that part. Maybe he took that personally. I don't really understand it sometimes because, I mean, if you are Rex and you look back and you say, you know, you had some success here with the Jets. It was 46 and 50, I think, with the Jets are a little bit under 500. We know two FC, AFC championship games. But a lot of people can say about Rex that, you know, you took over a team that was like Mangini's built team. And after those two years, most of those players were gone. His record was not really that good. I mean, they were 26 and 37 or 26 and 38. Um, oh my God, his record wasn't great. Um, he also had a rookie quarterback, and you mentioned that. I had a rookie quarterback. Salah has a rookie quarterback. Look how I did. Look how he did. Um, the difference is, I mean, the, the offensive line for Mark Sanchez was Shaw Ferguson, Nick Mangold, Damian Woody, Brandon Moore, and Alex Fanica. Two of those guys, three of those guys, excuse me, went to the Pro Bowl. Um, and also, if you remember, guys, their quarterback play was horrific. So if he's leaning on the fact that he had a rookie quarterback and did well, his quarterback didn't do well. His quarterback, Sanchez's quarterback rating, his rookie year is the same as Wilson's is right now. Just to put it in perspective, Mike, for you. Good point. You know, the same, literally a 63 for Sanchez and a 63 for Zach Wilson right now. So when you want to talk about quarterback play, I don't know why he leaned on that. But it did seem like he's in a situation where he's trying to maybe, no, maybe keep himself relevant. Like Rex achieved a lot. Um, he coached a lot of games in the NFL. He coached a lot of years. I don't know why guys like that feel the need to take shots, especially like Mike said, timing is everything. Um, we have friends of ours and just people in, in your life you all probably know the time that they choose to insult you or to speak up on something or to say, I told you so, like some of these trolls maybe Mike is talking about on Twitter is in retrospect or when they when you're vulnerable or maybe they feel like there's a way to kick you when you're down, which I don't know why Rex would want to do that. I understand giving your take, Mike. Rex is a defensive coach. I bet you he could give a really good take, a really well thought out take on why he doesn't think the defense is playing well if he wanted to. He didn't choose to do that, right? He just chose to take personal shots at Salah, tear him down. Um, I don't really understand that. The defense Rex took over had Revis, it had Ellis, it had Kerry Rhodes, it had Bart Scott, it had, you know, Harris. And they had a lot of good players on that defense. Um, that's not comparable to what we have on the field right now with the Jets. Now, that could be Joe Douglas's fault. Rex could maybe have more criticism with Joe Douglas than Robert Salah. But, I mean, Robert Salah, what? He's only coached nine games, Mike. I don't think it's the time for anybody... I understand logically questioning like we do on the show. We, we have a football podcast. We're going to talk about the coach, some of the things we think he could do better, of course. But big scheme of things. Am I thinking Robert Salah is not fit for the job? I don't know that yet. I can't say that yet. I mean, I Nick, Nick, remember how bad the New York Knicks uh, point guard situation was? And did Walt Clyde Frazier ever like kick them when they were down or not address them with grace? Wasn't Walt Clyde just a great steward of the New York Nick franchise and brand, even at the lowest points, right, Nick? Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. Of, of course. You don't, you can't, I don't understand one, you have a job now, Rex. You have a good job. You're on TV, you're analyzing, blood pressure's down, all that shit's good. You know, feet looking great for your wife, you know, like, just why did you turn it into a chance to talk about yourself? Like, Don LaGreca today on the Michael K. So said the best. He goes, sometimes I think Rex thinks he came up with the defense mm. when his when his father did, and he, and he went and went on to point out like he literally the two times that I think he won a championship he was the defensive line coach he wasn't even the defensive coordinator That's on, on the teams where they where they won championships 
So why is he talking about himself? I think he's, you're right, probably trying to generate a buzz for himself. That's it. Maybe he's trying to get back in the door. Maybe he's trying to coach again. You know, if you listen to uh, Connor Hughes, he had a good point. He said, as a journalist, um, he's all into sourcing. And he said that when you talk to a lot of these different coaches, some of them talk to you and just tell you straight up. And he's like, I know you guys hated Gase, but Gase told you he wasn't trying to create narratives. He was honest and just told you the way things were. We could hate Gase all we want, but he wasn't trying to spin things. Rex would always say things so that his name was in lights and that he wanted to get a certain narrative across. Because Rex, again, is about Rex Ryan. And this type of action showed it. And I, I can't stand Keith listening to uh um listening to you know i i love joe beningo you know and he has a new jet podcast called the uh all the pain and you you hear this guy and he's like i would take rex back in a second and give me tannenbaum and we could take over and i listen to joe and i'm like he's been a jet fan as long as your dad you know like way back you know as long as my dad and it's yeah. like yo like where the hell is that coming from joe like, wait, you're supposed to be wiser than us. And you're saying, let's get Rex back because he took you to two championships. Is that is that what it is? You want to like, yo, I cannot understand some of these takes and these opinions. I, Robert Sala has not done a great job, but he also was given shit. OK, and I think he's earned the right to uh, give himself some runway to see some improvements and i hope yeah. at the and by the way guys jet fans we had one of the most difficult nine game schedules in the nfl if you go look game one through nine the jets had one of the most difficult schedules in the nfl guess what we have one of the easiest schedules on the back half mm. how about we just wait to the end of the season before we start really throwing darts and stuff sure. right let's just let's just wait Okay, because we're about to play some scrub, scrub teams like the Dolphins coming up. And uh, we're about to get into that now, I think. Yeah, let's do it. Jets, Dolphins, this weekend at MetLife. Let's go. The situation kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Jets, Dolphins this weekend. What's what's the deal here, guys? What are we going to say to you guys? It's going to give you hope. What, what can we throw at the Jet fan? Maybe Zach Wilson's going to be back. Maybe that makes you happy. Tua. Uh, maybe, Tua. Tua. Now, here, this is what I was going to say to you, because I know Mike was going to go there. We're playing, the, we're playing the fish this weekend. Uh, I remember when I was little, my dad teaching me to say, squish the fish, when I was like five or six years old, screaming at the TV. Uh, that was the Dan Marino days when he used to torture us. This version of the Dolphins is going to be coming in with Tua at quarterback. Now, I know Tua is not the greatest quarterback in the world, but his quarterback rating actually compared to Brissett is much better. They've actually played. I'm not. Brissett's not that great either, Mike. No, both neither of them are that good. Um, and two is not that great. His quarterback rating's about an 87. He's not having some great season at all. I've always thought just, the way he throws the ball always looked kind of funny to me. Hasn't really been running the ball at all. There's a bunch of injuries. So, um, two would have to scare you. The running game of the Dolphins, you know, our run defense is just it's just off the charts horrific. Okay, the Dolphins are coming in with Miles Gaskin. He has 340 yards. He has 100 carries this year. That's that's as bad as it gets. You can't run the ball. They have Waddle, who's decent. Um, they have Gasicki, they have decent tight end. That's pretty much the Gisecki two weapons they have. is what I'm afraid of. Yes. Yeah, and like, I look at, 
I look at this past weekend. Now, they, they have two wins in a row. They beat Houston and they beat the Ravens. So the Dolphins have been playing well the past two weeks, especially if you look at their defense the past two weeks. Um, just really has stepped it up. And, you know, Drew jumps out at you on the defense. Nobody really. I know Ogba, I think, has five sacks. Um, they don't really Z, have anyone. A lot of linebackers. Yeah. And uh, the two the two, two corners are both at two picks. Cornerbacks are both good on their team. Um, that's not great for us. We have the most interceptions of the NFL. So I mean, look, guys, we're not gonna we're not gonna give you some BS. Even though we're playing the Dolphins, like Mike said, what's the reason we should have any optimism right now? I mean, the only way I look at it is historically, Mike, we just play the numbers. It seems like every time they like we get to our lowest with this team, they just like a little spark comes back. <laughs> you know, a little baby like Ember right before that fires out is still going. And then you win a game like 13 to 10 versus the Dolphins or something horrible. You know, it's a division game. I know last week we said we got destroyed by the Bills, which we did. But if you watch the game, the Jet, the Bills went down and scored on the first drive, right? Jets got the ball. What happened? Penalty immediate. Sent them all the way back to, the, I think, the 10-yard line, right? They started operating. What happened? Penalty. It was first and 20. They ended up not uh, scoring. Bills Garbage. got the ball back. Bills got the ball back, went down, scored a field goal. Eccles had great coverage on 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 uh, on Diggs, no touchdown. Right? Eccles was playing great. They kicked the field goal. Jets got the ball back. What happened? Penalty, first and twenty again. Stopped the drive. Right? Bills got the ball back. We stopped them. Jets got the ball. Penalty, first and twenty. Three drives in a row. You you cannot do that against this franchise now right before half what happened guys Eccles got hurt Eccles got hurt Eccles went out they put Gidry in touchdown and then every effing drive after that they could not recover they had an injury okay I'm not saying it was all because of Eccles but if you watch the game what happened Eccles went down and then they just started annihilating and there was nothing that that defense can do and you know why the Jets got put in a hole? Because offensively, they couldn't get going because they kept hurting themselves with penalties. If you're going to be aggressive, if you're going to be competitive, stop with the penalties, please. Stop with the holding. Stop with whatever you guys are doing and just play in the offense. And Zach, if you're going to play, I hope you sat and watched and learned you know, Sam is a bag of trash, but when Sam got hurt and Sam went in there after three game slide, he played really, really well for four games. And Keith and I and everybody else in Jet Nation was really excited about Sam Darnold because he played the best football of his career. You could go back and look at it. I don't care what no one says. He went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers. I saw it live. We believed it. OK, but that's here neither here nor there. Zach, take what the defense can give you. Michael Carter, I'm thrilled with him, and I'm thrilled with Elijah Moore, and I'm thrilled with AVT. Great job, Joe Douglas. You got three good ones. Great job. Hopefully, Zach is, is great, too. Okay? And um, just take what the defense gives you. Throw Check down to the running backs. You know, hit, hit, hit uh, um, your receivers short. You don't need those big throws. You do have that arm, and pull that weapon out when it comes time. And... Uh, you know, if you do that, I think you're going to have some success. Look at look at a, and if you look at a guy like Justin Fields, and you look at a guy like uh, uh, Lawrence, 
Lawrence is struggling still because he keeps trying to make big plays. Justin Fields started having success. You know why? He started running the ball. <laughs> Finally, run the damn ball, dude. And look, all all the linebackers, they got to, they got to, you know? So Zach, do other things. Don't just try to, you know, ball out. You're not in BYU. Figure the game, see the speed, and adjust. And I, I, I definitely have confidence that you can do it. So... I'm not going to say the Jets are going to win. I'm going to say they're going to lose because, yes, last week I went crazy and said that, you know, I think they're going to take a W because I just hate the Hill people. <laughs> um, but they didn't and got blown out. And so I'm just not going to say that this week. No, I mean, I totally understand. How, how could you, What would be the reason we would have confidence in this team right now? It's really hard to do that. It's really hard to have any one area you point to that's our strength right now heading into this game. Uh, but look, man. Every single weekend in this NFL, there's upsets. Every single weekend in this NFL, a team surprises you. We've already surprised everyone twice uh, when it comes to this season and how things have gone. So, I mean, we'll keep our heads up. We'll be at MetLife, at least at home, not this past weekend, but pre previous before that. They played a little bit better at home. It's one thing to look to. Our two wins are at home this year. I know the Bills fans, were a lot of Bills fans in the building last week. The Hills people, once again, get the last laugh. We have a lot of jokes about the Hill people. I'm not a fan of the town of Buffalo that's sinking hole into the middle of the earth right now. But guess what? They always beat us. So at the end of the day, you do get the last laugh, Hill people, once again, unfortunately. But next week's a different story. Dolphin fans will be there, but they're not, they don't show up. They don't travel well. They're not really making a lot of noise. And, they're, and, they're, and their team stinks. Now they're two and a half point favorites over the Jets, which is basically, that's pretty even right there. So even Vegas is not looking at them as some team that's going to trample us like has happened in previous weeks. We've been an underdog mostly every game this entire season, uh, this game included, but only two and a half points. So Vegas is looking at it as a pretty even game here, Mike. So hey, Jet fans, keep your heads up. Look, if you're on Twitter trolling, keep your head up too. All right, if you're out there, Jet fans, you're looking for hope, Zach Wilson's coming back. Okay, it's gonna be a long year. Let's not give up on our boy Salah yet. Okay, let's not do that yet. I know things are not looking good. We're breaking historic records for just defensive futility that we've never seen. Okay, my dad was 10 years old when the Jets were this bad on defense, you know? So um, it's been a long time since they've been this bad on defense. And I don't know right now if Salah has the answers, but we're going to find out, Mike. We're going to find out. That's what the rest of this year is about, finding out what this guy is made of. We, early in the season when Zach was struggling and the offense was struggling, you and I said to each other, man, we're going to see what this dude is made of. Can he get this young quarterback to play well? He's going to get to be able to get this team to rally. You know, and they had this shot of the arm briefly of Mike White, right? Kind of took the focus off everything for a second. But now we're back to where we were. Okay. Forget everything. Forget everyone's opinions. Forget Mike White. Forget all the debates and everything like that. We're back to square one. Okay. Where we're wondering if Salah's the guy. And we're also still wondering what the deal is with Zach Wilson. But he's going to get a chance to go prove it. Hopefully starting again this Sunday. And that's all we got for you this week, everybody. It's another one in the books for the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. Mike, if anyone does want to get at us, contact us, or be involved in the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form, where could they do that? Please check us out on YouTube, like and subscribe there. Also, uh, Apple iTunes, uh, please like and subscribe. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, and the big stinking whoopie, Nicholas Cronk. My name is Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Thank you